Matthew chapter 5, verses 20 through 26, of Catina Aurea, Commentary on the Four Gospels, Collected of the Works of the Fathers, by St. Thomas Aquinas. The LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 20 through 22, For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said of them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, and whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Hilary Beautiful entrance he here makes to a teaching beyond the works of the law, declaring to the apostles that they should have no admission to the kingdom of heaven without a righteousness beyond that of the Pharisees. Chrysostom. By righteousness is here meant universal virtue, but observe the superior power of grace, in that he requires of his disciples, who are yet uninstructed, to be better than those who are masters under the Old Testament. Thus he does not call the scribes and Pharisees unrighteous, but speaks of their righteousness. And see how, even herein, he confirms the Old Testament that he compares it with the New for the greater and the less are always of the same kind. Pseudo-Chrysostom. The righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees are the commandments of Moses, but the commandments of Christ are the fulfillment of that law. This, then, is his meaning. Whosoever, in addition to the commandments of the law, shall not fulfill my commandments, shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. For those, indeed, save from the punishment due to transgressors of the law, but do not bring into the kingdom but my commandments both deliver from punishment and bring into the kingdom. But seeing that to break the least commandments and not to keep them are one and the same, why does he say above of him that breaks the commandments that he shall be least in the kingdom of heaven? And here of him who keeps them not that he shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. See how to be the least in the kingdom is the same with not entering into the kingdom. For a man to be in the kingdom is not to reign with Christ, but only to be numbered among Christ's people. What he says then of him that breaks the commandments is that he shall indeed be reckoned among Christians, yet the least of them. But he who enters into the kingdom becomes partaker of his kingdom with Christ. Therefore, he who does not enter into the kingdom of heaven shall not indeed have a part of Christ's glory, yet shall he be in the kingdom of heaven, that is, in the number of those over whom Christ reigns as King of Heaven. Augustine. Otherwise, unless your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, that is, exceed that of those who break what they themselves teach. As it is elsewhere said of them, they say and do not, just as if he had said, unless your righteousness exceed in this way, that ye do what ye teach, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. We must therefore understand something other than usual by the kingdom of heaven here, in which are to be both he who breaks what he teaches and he who does it. But the one least and the other great. This kingdom of heaven is the present church. In another sense is the kingdom of heaven spoken of that place where none enters but he who does what he teaches. And this is the church as it shall be hereafter. Id. This expression, the kingdom of heaven, so often used by our Lord, I know not whether anyone would find in the books of the Old Testament. 
it belongs properly to the new testament revelation kept for his mouth whom the old testament figured as a king that should come to reign over his servants this end to which the precepts were to be referred was hidden in the old testament though even that had its saints who looked forward to the revelation that should be made gloss or we may explain by referring to the way in which the scribes and pharisees understood the law not to the actual contents of the law augustine for almost all the precepts which the lord gave saying but i say unto you are found in those ancient books but because they knew not of any murder besides the destruction of the body the lord shows that every evil thought to the hurt of the brother is to be held for a kind of murder pseudo chrysostom christ willing to show that he is the same god who spoke of the old in the law and who now gives commandments in grace now puts first of all his commandments that one which was the first in the law first at least of all those that forbade injury to our neighbor augustine we do not because we have heard that thou shalt not kill deem it therefore unlawful to pluck a twig according to the error of the manichees nor consider it to extend to irrational brutes by the most righteous ordinance of the creator their life and death is subservient to our needs there remains therefore only man of whom we can understand it and that not any other man nor you only for he who kills himself does nothing else but kill a man yet have not they in any way done contrary to this commandment who have waged wars under god's authority or they who charged with the administration of civil power have by most just and reasonable orders inflicted death upon criminals but abraham was not charged with cruelty but even received the praise of piety for that he was willing to obey god in slaying his son those are to be accepted from this command whom god commands to be put to death either by a general law given or by particular admonition at any special time for he is not the slayer who ministers to the command like a hilt to the one smitting with the sword nor is samson otherwise to be acquitted for destroying himself along with his enemies then because he was so instructed privily of the holy spirit who through him wrought the miracles chrysostom this it was said by them of old time shows that it was long ago that they had received this precept he says this that he might rouse his sluggish hearers to proceed to more sublime precepts as a teacher might say to an indolent boy know you not how long time you have spent already in merely learning to spell in that i say unto you mark the authority of the legislator none of the old prophets spoke thus but rather thus saith the lord they as servants repeated the commandments of their lord he as son declared the will of his father which was also his own they preached to their fellow servants he as master ordained a law for his slaves augustine there are two different opinions among philosophers concerning the passions of the mind the stoics do not allow that any passion is incident to a wise man the peripatetics affirm that they are incidents to the wise man but in a moderate degree and subject to reason as for example when mercy is shown in such a manner that justice is preserved but in the christian rule we do not inquire whether the mind is first affected with anger or with sorrow but whence pseudo chrysostom 
he who is angry without cause shall be judged but he who is angry with cause shall not be judged for if there were no anger neither teaching would profit nor judgments hold nor crime be controlled so that he who on just cause is not angry is in sin for an unreasonable patience sows vices breeds carelessness and invites the good as well as the bad to do evil jerome some copies add here the words without cause but by the true reading the precept is made unconditional and anger altogether forbidden for when we are told to pray for them that persecute us all occasion of anger is taken away the words without cause then must be erased for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of god pseudo chrysostom yet that anger which arises from just cause is indeed not anger but a sentence of judgment for anger properly means a feeling of passion but he whose anger arises from just cause does not suffer any passion and is rightly said to sentence not to be angry with augustine this also we affirm should be taken into consideration what is being angry with a brother for he is not angry with a brother who is angry at his offense he then it is who is angry without a cause who is angry with his brother and not with the offense id but to be angry with a brother to the end that he may be corrected there is no man of sound mind who forbids such sort of motions as come of love of good and of holy charity are not to be called vices when they follow right reason pseudo chrysostom but i think that christ does not speak of anger of the flesh but anger of the heart for the flesh cannot be so disciplined as not to feel the passion when then a man is angry but refrains from doing what his anger prompts him his flesh is angry but his heart is free from anger augustine and there is this same distinction between the first case here put by the saviour and the second in the first case there is one thing the passion in the second two anger and speech following thereupon he who saith to his brother raka is in danger of the council some seek the interpretation of this word in the greek and think that raka means ragged from the greek rakos a rag but more probably it is not a word of any meaning but a mere sound expressing the passion of the mind which grammarians call an interjection such as the cry of pain hue chrysostom or raka is a word signifying contempt and worthlessness for where we in speaking to servants or children say go thou or tell thou him in syriac they would say racha for thou for the lord descends to the smallest trifles even of our behavior and bids us treat one another with mutual respect jerome or racha is a hebrew word signifying empty vain as we might say in the common phrase of reproach empty pate observe that he says brother for who is our brother but he who has the same father as ourselves pseudo chrysostom and it were an unworthy reproach to him who has in him the holy spirit to call him empty augustine in the third case there are three things anger the voice expressive of anger and a word of reproach thou fool thus here are three different degrees of sin in the first when one is angry but keeps the passion in his heart without giving any sign of it if again he suffers any sound expressive of the passion to escape him it is more than 
had he silently suppressed the rising anger and if he speaks a word which conveys a direct reproach it is a yet greater sin Suda chrysostom but as none is empty who has the holy spirit so none is a fool who has the knowledge of christ and if racha signifies empty it is one and the same thing as far as the meaning of the word goes to say racha or thou fool but there is a difference in the meaning of the speaker for racha was a word in common use among the jews not expressing wrath or hate but rather in a light careless way expressing confident familiarity not anger but you will perhaps say if racha is not an expression of wrath how is it then a sin because it is said for contention not for edification and if we ought not to speak even good words but for the sake of edification how much more not such as are in themselves bad augustine here we have three arraignments the judgment the council and hellfire being different stages ascending from the lesser to the greater for in the judgment there is yet opportunity for defense to the council belongs the respite of the sentence what time the judges confer among themselves what sentence ought to be inflicted in the third hellfire condemnation is certain and the punishment fixed hence is seen what a difference is between the righteousness of the pharisees and christ in the first murder subjects a man to judgment in the second anger alone which is the least of the three degrees of sin rabban the saviour here names the torments of hell gehenna a name thought to be derived from a valley consecrated to idols near jerusalem and filled of old with dead bodies and defiled by josiah as we read in the book of the kings chrysostom this is the first mention of hell though the kingdom of heaven had been mentioned some time before which shows that the gift of the one comes of his love the condemnation of the other of our sloth many thinking this a punishment too severe for a mere word say that this was said figuratively but i fear that if we thus cheat ourselves with words here we shall suffer punishment indeed there think not then this too heavy a punishment when so many sufferings and sins have their beginning in a word a little word has often begotten a murder and overturned whole cities and yet it is not to be thought a little word that denies a brother reason and understanding by which we are men and differ from the brutes pseudo chrysostom in danger of the council that is according to the interpretation given by the apostles in their constitutions in danger of being one of that council which condemned christ hilary or he who reproaches with emptiness one full of the holy spirit will be arraigned in the assembly of the saints and by their sentence will be punished for an affront against the holy spirit himself augustine should any ask what greater punishment is reserved for murder if evil speaking is visited with hell-fire this obligates us to understand that there are degrees in hell chrysostom or the judgment and the council denote punishment in this world hell-fire future punishment he denounces punishment against anger yet does not mention any special punishment showing therein that it is not possible that a man should be altogether free from the passion the council here means the jewish senate for he would not seem to be always superseding all their established institutions and introducing foreign augustine in all these three sentences there are some words understood in the first indeed as many copies read without cause 
there is nothing to be supplied and the second he who saith to his brother raka we must supply the words without cause and again and he who says thou fool two things are understood to his brother and without cause and this forms the defense of the apostle when he calls the galatians fools though he considers them his brethren for he did it not without cause verses twenty three and twenty four therefore if thou bring thy gift to the altar and there rememberest that thy brother has aught against thee leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way first be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift augustine if it be not lawful to be angry with a brother or to say to him raka or thou fool much less is it lawful to keep in the memory anything which might convert anger into hate jerome it is not if thou hast aught against thy brother but if thy brother has aught against thee that the necessity of reconciliation may be more imperative augustine and he has somewhat against us when we have wronged him and we have somewhat against him when he has wronged us in which case there were no need to go to be reconciled to him seeing we had only to forgive him as we desire the lord to forgive us pseudo chrysostom but if it is he that hath done you the wrong and yet you be the first to seek reconciliation you shall have a great reward chrysostom if love alone is not enough to induce us to be reconciled to our neighbor the desire that our work should not remain imperfect and especially in the holy place should induce us gregory lo he is not willing to accept sacrifice at the hands of those who are at variance hence then consider how great an evil is strife which throws away what should be the means of remission of sin pseudo chrysostom see the mercy of god that he thinks rather of man's benefit than his own honor he loves concord in the faithful more than offerings at his altar for so long as there are dissensions among the faithful their gift is not looked upon the prayer is not heard for no one can be a true friend at the same time to two who are enemies to each other in like manner we do not keep our fealty to god if we do not love his friends and hate his enemies but such as was the offence such should also be the reconciliation if you have offended in thought be reconciled in thought if words be reconciled in words if in deeds in deeds be reconciled for so it is in every sin in whatsoever kind it was committed and in that kind is the penance done hilary he bids us when peace with our fellow men is restored then to return to peace with god passing from the love of men to the love of god then go and offer thy gift augustine if this direction be taken literally it might lead some to suppose that this ought to be so done if our brother is present for that no long time can be meant when we are bid to leave our offering there before the altar for if he be absent or possibly beyond sea it is absurd to suppose that the offering must be left before the altar to be offered after we have gone over land and sea to seek him wherefore we must embrace an inward spiritual sense of the whole if we would understand it without involving any absurdity the gift which we offer to god whether learning or speech or whatever it be cannot be accepted of god unless it be supported by faith if then we have in aught harmed a brother we must go and be reconciled with him 
not with the bodily feats, but in thoughts of the heart, when, in humble contrition, you may cast yourself at your brother's feet, in sight of him whose offering you are about to offer. For thus, in the same manner, as though he were present, you may, with unfeigned heart, seek his forgiveness, and returning thence, that is, bringing back your thoughts to what you had first begun to do, you may make your offering. Verses 25 and 26. Agree with thine adversary quickly, whilst thou art in the way with him, lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. Verily I say unto thee, Thou shalt by no means come out thence, till thou paid the uttermost farthing. Hilary, the Lord suffers us at no time to be wanting in peacefulness of temper, and therefore bids us to be reconciled to our adversary quickly, while on the road of life, lest we be cast into the season of death before peace be joined between us. Jerome, the word here in our Latin books is consentiens, in Greek euvnovon, which means kind, benevolent. Augustine, let us see who in this adversity is to whom we are bid to be benevolent. We may then be either the devil or man, or the flesh, or God, or his commandments. But I do not see how we can be bid, be benevolent, or agreeing with the devil. For where there is goodwill, there is friendship. And no one will say that friendship should be made with the devil, or that it is well to agree with him, having once proclaimed war against him, when we renounced him. Nor ought we to consent with him, with whom we never consented. We had never come into such circumstances. Jerome. Some, from that verse of Peter, your adversary the devil, etc., will have the Savior's command to be, that we should be merciful to the devil, not causing him to endure punishment for our sakes. For as he puts in our way the incentives to vice, if we yield to his suggestions, he will be tormented for our sakes. Some follow a more forced interpretation, that in baptism we have each of us made a compact with the devil by renouncing him. If we observe this compact, then we are agreeing with our adversary, and shall not be cast into prison. Augustine, I do not see again how it can be understood of man, for how can man be said to deliver us to the judge when we know only Christ as the judge, before whose tribunal all must be assisted? How then can he be deliverer to the judge who has himself to appear before him. Moreover, if any has sinned against any by killing him, he has no opportunity of agreeing with him in the way, that is, in this life, and yet he hinders not but that he may be rescued from judgment by repentance. Much less do I see how we can be bid by agreeing with the flesh, for they are sinners rather who agree with it. But they who bring it into subjection do not agree with it, but compel it to agree with them. Jerome, and how can the body be cast into prison if it agree not with the spirit, seeing soul and body must go together, and that the flesh can do nothing but what the soul shall command? Augustine, perhaps then it is God with whom we are enjoined to agree. He may be said to be our adversary, because we have departed from him by sin and he resisteth the proud. 
whosoever then shall not have been reconciled in this life with god through the death of his son shall be by him delivered to the judge that is the son to whom he has committed all judgment and man may be said to be in the way with god because he is everywhere but if we like not to say that the wicked are with god who is everywhere present as we do not say that the blind are with the light which is everywhere around them there only remains the law of god which we can understand by our adversary for this law is an adversary to such as love to sin and is given us for this life that it may be with us in the way to this we ought to agree quickly by reading hearing and bestowing on it the summit of authority and that when we understand it we hate it not because it opposes our sins but rather love it because it corrects them and when it is obscure pray that we may understand it jerome but from the context the sense is manifest the lord is exhorting us to peace and concord with our neighbor as it was said above go be reconciled to thy brother pseudo chrysostom the lord is urgent with us to hasten to make friends with our enemies while we are yet in this life knowing how dangerous for us that one of our enemies should die before peace is made with us for if death bring us while yet at enmity to the judge he will deliver us to christ proving us guilty by his judgment our adversary also delivers us to the judge when he is the first to seek reconciliation for he who first submits to his enemy brings him in guilty before god hilary or the adversary delivers you to the judge when the abiding of your wrath towards him convicts you augustine by the judge i understand christ for the father hath committed all judgment to the son and by the officer or minister an angel for angels came and ministered unto him and we believe that he will come with his angels to judge pseudo chrysostom the officer that is the ministering angel of punishment and he shall cast you into the prison of hell augustine by the prison i understand the punishment of darkness and that none should despise that punishment he adds verily i say unto thee thou shalt not come out thence till thou hast paid the very last farthing jerome a farthing is a coin containing two mites what he says then is thou shalt not go forth thence till thou hast paid for the smallest sins augustine or it is an expression to denote that there is nothing that shall go unpunished as we say to the dregs when we are speaking of anything so emptied that nothing is left in it or by the last farthing may be denoted earthly sins for the fourth and last element of the world is earth paid that is an internal punishment and until used in the same sense as in that sit thou on my right hand till i make thy enemies thy footstool for he does not cease to reign when his enemies are put under his feet so here until thou hast paid is as much as to say thou shalt never come out thence for that he is always paying the very last farthing while he is enduring the everlasting punishment of earthly sins pseudo chrysostom or if you will make your peace yet in this world you may receive pardon of even the heaviest offenses but if once damned and cast into the prison of hell punishment will be exacted of you not for grievous sins only but for each idle word which may be denoted by the very last farthing hilary 
for because charity covereth a multitude of sins we shall therefore pay the last farthing of punishment unless by the expense of charity we redeem the fault of our sin pseudo chrysostom or the prison is worldly misfortune which god often sends upon sinners chrysostom or he speaks of the judges of this world of the way which leads to this punishment and of human prisons thus not only employing future but present inducements as those things which are set before the eyes affect us most as st paul also declares if thou doest evil fear the power for he beareth not the sword in vain end of matthew five verses twenty through twenty six